The Old Premeds Podcast, session number 332. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Now, welcome to the old Premeds podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week where I take your non-traditional questions and answer them here on the podcast. We have a great question today, a very non-traditional specific question about old courses, which is such a common problem for a lot of career changers that now want to go to medical school. Before we jump in though, I wanna talk about the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. As a non-traditional student, your schedule is probably one of the most protected, important things and potential challenges that you have. And using Blueprint MCAT's free study planner tool is an amazing way to help maximize your schedule, maximize your calendar, maximize your time when it comes to being a non-traditional student, everything that you have going on in your life, as well as maximizing your MCAT prep. Go to blueprintmcat.com today to get that free study planner tool, as well as access to lots of other free, amazing stuff. All right, so let's talk about our question today. We have a question that was asked in our Facebook group. If you post in our Facebook group over at premedhangout.com, use the hashtags non-traditional, old premed, OPM question, any of those, we'll find it. Our question from Brian says, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. The first time I considered studying medicine was in 2006 when I was 19. I always loved science and helping others, so I thought that medicine was the obvious path to take. Of course, of course. But I had a rough time in college. I had zero study skills, and I had no idea what I was doing. I kept switching majors, dropping classes, switching universities. I felt lost. On top of all that, I had been struggling with episodes of depression and severe anxiety from a young age. In a moment of despair, I stumbled into a nursing program at my local university, but managed to finish my degree. I excelled there. I was fascinated by health sciences and the human body. I also knew from day one that nursing would never be enough. By then, I was in my mid-20s and needed to start my life. So I thought I'd work as a nurse for a short while until I figured out what I wanted. That was almost 10 years ago. And you blink, it's just time flies. In 2015, I took a backpack, a small suitcase, and my nursing license and moved to Western New York. I've been working here ever since. I now work at a large emergency department and love the chaos, but I crave more knowledge. I was diagnosed with ADHD at 29, which explained a lot. I've since gone to therapy, developed a meditation practice, and learned more about what works for me and what doesn't. I have matured and have become more organized, but none of that changes these facts. I have 28 W's and seven F's on my transcript. I haven't set foot in a classroom in a decade. I never took organic chemistry. My other prereqs are 15 years old. Some of those courses I repeated a few times, but here are the final grades. Gen Chem 1 and 2, Bs. General Biology 1 and 2, A and B. Physics 1 and 2, A and B plus many math courses, a few of which I got seasoned. According to the GPA calculator on MAPT, MAPPD.com, my C, uh, cumulative GPA is 315, and my science GPA is a 272 with an upward trend. 
The dream of becoming a doctor has never wavered. I've had well-intentioned nurses tell me, quote, I'm wasting my time here. And a few doctors ask, quote, so when are you going to med school? I have to try again. Should I repeat all of those courses, find a formal post program, apply to an SMP? I'm open to advice and suggestions, no matter how brutal they may be. So I love this question. This is the perfect non-traditional student, one that can overcome these W's and those F's on his transcript. What medical schools are typically looking for, right? And, And obviously I can't speak for every medical school, but the advice that I generally give is broad that will work for most med schools, not all med schools. And having traveled the country, talking to deans and directors of admissions at conferences, talking to them on the podcast, on the pre-med years podcast, the overwhelming majority love this type of student, the one who shows resilience, the one who has something to prove, the one who has learned what wasn't working and what is working now, and who has the motivation to come back and do it. This student can do it. You can do it. It's going to take some time and some patience and unfortunately some money, right? Because going to school costs money. But ultimately what this student's goal is, what your goal is, if you are in a similar situation, is to prove academic ability. The good thing is that these classes are really old. The bad thing is the classes are really old and you're probably just gonna have to repeat them to to increase your chances of getting into the majority of schools because some schools do have requirements on prereq age in terms of uh, you you have to take them within a certain amount of time. And so the MSAR has that information, individual medical school websites may have that information. You just gotta go check, right? The goal is to retake, what I would suggest is probably retake all of those prereqs. You're talking Gen Chem, Gen Bio, Physics, uh, all uh, OCHEM, which you haven't taken, Biochem. Take the prereqs, get A's, as close to a 4.0 as possible, right? You don't have to be perfect, but get as close to a 4.0 as possible. Look at taking genetics, statistics, epidemiology, courses that will qualify for Improving your science GPA trend. That is the most important part, right? Right now you have a 272, I think it was, science GPA that needs to improve, but probably because the denominator is so big, the number of credits that you have is so big, you're going to have to just rely on a trend and hope the med schools see that. There are a couple options in terms of taking courses in this situation. You can take a master's uh, degree, right? an SMP or something like that, or you can just take undergraduate level classes. At this point in the pandemic, at this point in life uh, with where medical schools are, I would highly recommend in-person versus online. That's not always possible, but again, that increases the number of schools that will find your trajectory, your work, your recent academic ability Uh, the most relevant and most acceptable. And so in-person courses, I would probably recommend just undergraduate level courses. Historically, it seems like med schools care more about that than anything else. But ultimately your goal, class after class after class, 
one step at a time, right? The, the, the standard sports analogy, one game at a time. Don't get caught looking forward to that next class, that next game, and find yourself flat-footed in this class that you're in right now because you may get punched in the face, as Mike, Mike Tyson says, right? My favorite, I've said that quote like three times today. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Uh, I, love, I love that quote. So go in, open eyes, understand that you have kind of one shot at this. And it's not truly one shot, but you have, if this is your goal, if this is what you want to do, you need to go get as close to a 4.0 as possible. And then obviously you have the MCAT there. Go to blueprintmcat.com, get your free account, work on a study plan, figure out what you need to do there because that's going to be the other big hurdle. Now, luckily you've been working in a clinical environment. That's fantastic. Uh, you don't need to do any more clinical experience. I would keep working as a nurse as much as possible as you want. Um, but the other things that schools are looking for, right? Research is not the most important thing. Uh, clinical experience, obviously you're getting, but non-clinical experience, volunteering, Habitat for Humanity, soup kitchen, homeless shelter, that kind of stuff is becoming more and more important in terms of what we're hearing from medical schools. So I would dive into that uh, one weekend a month or one weekend day a month, whatever you can do to just add a little bit of community service onto your plate. And then ultimately, it comes down to telling your story in your application, which is what we focus on at Medical School HQ. If you ever want one-on-one -on -one help with that, that's what we do. Uh, or group help through Application Academy. Happy to help you uh, in any way possible. But as you go through this journey, if this is what you want, don't, don't live with regret. Ultimately, that is my biggest fear is regret, living with regret. Um, it, it, if you talk to people on their deathbed, Regret is always the biggest issue. So make sure, make sure you don't live with regret. Make sure you are following your passion as authentically as possible and know that this is possible. I hope this was helpful. Gave you a little bit of encouragement and motivation. Don't forget to check out Blueprint MCAT for their amazing free study planner tool. And then if you are looking for some one-on-one -on -one help, medicalschoolhq.net slash advising for all of that. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the old pre-meds podcast. This is MedEd Media.